Well, 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 good morning and welcome back to the iHealth channel and iHealth Radio. Hurricane H is in the house and we're going to go to a journey today on the Garrison show. Now you're going to be like wondering like, what is that? Well, about a couple of weeks back, we had a guest and uh, we talked about Gracia Cantantes, which was a book and the guest was Gabriel Garrison. Now, Gabriel Garrison has joined us for a series of topics of discussion that will be very interesting uh, to you. And you'll probably be like, wow, it's mind-blowing stuff. It's really concept that you might think about or might not think about, but it will give you a whole different light and an angle and a perception of things. So, so we decided to have the Garrison show going forward or the Garrison hour going forward for the next few weeks. So look forward to those, uh, probably Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, that's where the uh, scheduled uh, shows will take place. So that being said, so Gabriel, welcome back. Uh, good morning and uh, thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on, uh, on your show uh, with, with me in the wings here. Well, today is yours, actually. I, I'm, Thank you. <laughs> today is all yours. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping back, and it, it's all you now. <laughs> yes, yes. So, 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 Gabriel, uh, we've we've had a great moment last week or two weeks ago, and I, you know, I we got a lot of good feedback on the the book and the content and discussion we had about the gratitude and and all that good stuff, and um, you know, then we talked after, <laughs> and we had a very yes. discussion as well. And uh, for our audiences, I mean, uh, if you're listening or, or watching, uh, do catch the old, uh, the, the, the other show on YouTube, on the radio, download the app, or on, a, on Facebook, you know, our channel, go to the site. You know, there's so many places you can actually listen, or the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. But do uh, take a minute and listen to that show. You'll be very intrigued about it if you haven't heard it yet or listened to it yet. But today, we're taking you to a journey of, concepts and today we're going to talk about the power of thinking right gabriel yes absolutely uh thinking um is a very uh, interesting process and you and i discussed um last time about uh the 50 10 40 uh, per uh percent model uh which uh creates our experience in life. So the 50% uh, goes to the 50% genetic influence in our lives. 10%, interestingly enough, goes to the outside factors in our lives. And uh, a big 40% um, goes to our uh, perception or thinking process. Um, and the benefit about this 40% is that short of traumatic brain injuries or other sort of thinking um, uh, disabilities or inabilities, um, this thinking process is 100% um, in our control. So Hurricane and I decided to uh, delve a little bit into the process of thinking and see how reflecting on it may be of assistance to us in our daily lives. So uh, Hurricane, if, uh, what is to you, if I may ask, uh, the process of thinking? Well, I was gonna ask the same thing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go for it. Let's go for that. So, uh, well, I was gonna say is that, you know, it is odd, I mean, everybody knows that we think. <laughs> right? Yes. You know, uh, and you know, I think, therefore, I am whatever you know the the actual you know quote is. But but the idea is you know like why do we have to talk about thinking and you know like what the hell is the process of thinking, right? Well, yes, yes. everybody's thinking. I mean, we all think about stuff. Thinking is you know it's a reflex that we we've grown with apparently, right? And sometimes we do it without even thinking. It just yes, <laughs> as, yes. as ironic as it sounds. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, and it's a very powerful statement, really. So we have really uh, two kinds of thinking processes. One is the functional thinking, and the other one is the dysfunctional thinking. Um, so um, what do you think would be an example of functional thinking? Well, when you think about something that you're going to act on, right, I'm assuming? Yes. Yes, and, and so acting in functional thinking is for the purpose of helping us progressing in life. Uh, and that's why we call it functional. 
So um, um, what would be um, an example of functional thinking? Um, it's something that helps me improve myself. Yeah, what do you think? Well, uh, again, uh, you have to, uh, you know, I guess, feed yourself. <laughs> you yes. <be> healthy. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. So there are three outcomes, uh, three uh, where four outcomes really out of the process of thinking. One is uh, the kind of thinking that helps us progress in life. The other one would be the kind of thinking that helps us maintain uh, our um, being and um, having values in life. Um, the third one is a kind of thinking that um, actually um, moves us into stagnating in life. And the fourth category uh, would be the kind of thinking that uh, pushes us towards regressing in life. Um, and of course, um, the last three are part of the dysfunctional kind of thinking, right? Um, um, and this kind of dysfunctional thinking um, can be an insidious on a, or an over uh, kind of um, thinking that um, maybe evident or not so evident and will address the various forms in which either manifests in life. Uh, so in terms of dysfunctional thinking, I would like to um, just go briefly over some of these sorts of uh, modes in which dysfunctional thinking is being uh, reflected. One of them is the all or nothing thinking my way or the highway, right? We all know that if we drive with that attitude on the highway, um, we are liable to get um, in trouble. <laughs> we'll get in trouble, <laughs> period. Period. Another kind of dysfunctional thinking would be the should. You should do this. I should do this. Um, why is that dysfunctional? Um, because that should is a command that um, is uh, coming out of the ego. Uh, and if it is not functionally based, that should um, um, is actually uh, both dysfunctional and destructive in life. Other kinds of examples are catastrophizing, right? Oh, you know, of course it should happen to me. Uh, that's, um, um, I'm expecting this. It's, it's it, I have no control, fear, uh, which uh, fear-based thinking, which actually gets, uh, leads one to, um, being angry and then from there on uh, can help us, right, in terms of what one says and does. Overgeneralizing is another way of dysfunctional thinking. Why? Because each individual has, yes, his or her commonalities and also his or, or her generalities. So by overgeneralizing, right, stereotyping is a good example of that. Um, um, we can get, all, it's dysfunctional because it's not based on reality. Uh, and that, and, and 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 that's a misperception that's going to get us in trouble, right? Minimizing or maximizing dysfunctional uh, are example of uh, dysfunctional thinking, right? We have examples of false modesty. Oh, thank you for doing this for me. Oh, it was nothing, right? Um, maximizing uh, would be, oh, you should be grateful to me. About 20 years ago, I, I, I. Um, let you use my car for the interview and now you have a great job, right? Uh, personalizing. Personalizing is an example of dysfunctional thinking because um, it, it creates an egocentric view of the world, right? The world turns around me. And if somebody say pushes me in the subway, oh, he doesn't respect me. Maybe that person didn't see me. Maybe that person, um, basically was worried about something happening in his or her life. Maybe it was too much, there were too, too many people in the subway. So if I make it personal, then I'm going to uh, go into the attack mode when really, again, it's a misperception of the reality. Jumping to conclusions, right? Know it all, do it all. Um, that all is the problem because, right? Only God knows it all, we should say. Um, other examples are labeling, um, defeatism, also called learned helplessness, and denial, right? So what 
what do you think would be the problem with denying um, a reality hurricane? Well, I would think that that's actually, I call it the ostrich effect. Like if there is something going on and you just, because you don't want to think about it and you just avoid it or you just kind of, you know, just almost eliminate it from your brain, like it's not happening, but the reality is still there. So it's really, I mean, that's why we, I literally refer to it as the ostrich effect. You put your head in the sand and expect that danger is going to pass. <laughs> so, you know, it's really, you know, ignoring reality or, or just not facing it. Yes, yes. And, and, and this is the problem, isn't it? Just because I ignore the fact that I need to pay the rent, it's not going to go away. <laughs> uh, so we have several kinds. Yeah, I'm sorry, go on. You know, so, so Gabriel, it, it's funny because that is what, what you've described about this functional thinking right now. I think a lot of us live in that world, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, yes. I think that, is, that is, we don't realize it, but, but whatever you're describing here, I think that most of us, and if not all of us, we sometimes, without even realizing it, that we are stuck in, into those things. And because we get all these influences and we are really reactive to it, and uh, somehow that's how we live. Uh, yes. You know, so, so literally, I mean, you're highlighting something that we might not have thought about in the past or yeah. realize as, as a behavior. But I think hearing you right now is like, whoa, hold on, aha, there's, there's a problem here. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and denial is, is, is an insidious little beast because we can deny several things. We can deny the facts, right? Oh, no, it's not raining outside. Uh, we can deny intentions, right? Uh, somebody brought me a Christmas gift. He, he, he only does it because I'm his supervisor, right? Um, I can deny the damage um, or I can deny the responsibility. Now imagine that what we are talking about here in terms of denial, it's referring to a victim. And then the abuser is caught. And then, and then what will the abuser do, right? Um, uh, he or she, because it happens both ways, right? Will deny that he or she hurt somebody. Oh, I didn't do it. And then you can show the proofs, right? Medical exam, uh, photographs, video cameras, and then uh, the abuser will go from denying the facts, will deny the intention. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, you know I, uh, I slapped that person, but I really, uh, it was just mm -hmm. in jest. Yeah, yeah, it was just, my intention was just to be playful, you know, I didn't, you know. Then you can say, uh, okay, what's next? Well, even if my intention was bad, then I, I the abuser, let's say, would deny the damage. Oh, you know, yeah, sure, I hurt that person. That was the fact. The intention was to get that person intimidated. But the damage was not so bad. So what if she broke three ribs? It's not like blood and guts were coming outside, right? And the last kind of denial is the responsibility, right? Oh, you know what? Um, I did all the above. Uh, at the same time, really, uh, it's not my responsibility because, you know, I was too mad. She got me too angry. Uh, and it's her fault because she got me so angry. So in addition to denying, the abusers use this strategy of thinking. Again, uh, they may think it's functional, but it's really dysfunctional because um, it circumvents reality. And in so doing, uh, it creates a, a, a imaginary world, world in their mind, which eventually will lead them into troubling of some sort of another. So we spoke about denial. So the abuser will deny all of the above. Um, sometimes they will minimize uh, the damage. And then the last will be uh, the blaming the victim. So these are examples that people can do. And Hurricane, I wanted here to bring all this to the attention of the individual in terms of himself or herself. Because a lot of people, like you said before, will deny the harm they do. Uh, they will minimize the harm they do to themselves and usually starts from the self. Um, they will uh, sometimes blame themselves um, um, minimally or somebody else. Um, so they will not focus on the functional thinking, which is let me see what the reality is and let me see how I can progress in life best from here. What do you think? Well, <laughs> it's... Uh pretty crazy. I, you know, the, I, the way I'm thinking about it is this. 
it's the same as when someone lies and they believe in their lies and and they really think that's the truth i think i think that's the same reality here where where someone living uh in in a, in a life that is fictional but it's only in their mind but then they they almost portray that and then they they uh project that in the actual life and affect everybody including themselves primarily and everybody around them uh, I, I think i'm that's that's where i am falling right now in terms of the the ideology mm -hmm. absolutely so then what is the process the real process of thinking right um and and like you said that that process which makes us function in life so in english thinking and thinking are synonymous if i can think i have to think it's the same root same origin why because if i can think i understand so the term understanding is actually um an old term um in 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 the masons or builders um language where when they would build a bridge or a temple the good architect would have to go and stand under the foundation to make sure that the foundation right the most important thing in an in an edifice is leveled is square is strong and so forth so the same goes for our lives really if i want to um, um to know what's going on with me i have to understand or stand under what is it that gets me to be um, and feel and think and act a certain way so the idea is that if i think i understand and if i understand i understand that um, there is such an enormous confluence of gifts given to me in terms of life of health um, of freedom um, that i cannot buy but be thankful uh, about all these gifts uh, thank you right to establish it in english comes from thinking in um, in um, italian and Span uh, spanish we have grazie gracias which means grace right goes back to the title of my book grazia grace um, the french call it merci or in english uh, mercy right again uh, grace obrigado in, uh, in 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 portuguese i'm obligated i'm obligated for all these gifts that come to me the romanians go all the way by saying mulțumesc mult amiest you are you mean a lot to me right in the semitic languages right hebrew arabic what do we have salam shalom right and what does that mean well peace well pretty much that's that's uh yeah, yeah, right. A generic one. <laughs> There's right. more. <laughs> there is more to it. So peace means what? Homeostasis, right? Things that allow me to to be the way I am, to be afloat, to 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 move on in life, right? So how do I do that, right? Um, there are several ways of thinking, and this here we come to the to the um, initial. Uh, introduction that you had on on this subject so if i think consciously what what does that mean hurricane if i think consciously well that means i'm pretty much actively you know using my brain to do a certain particular function i'm thinking about it you know actively and i'm planning it it's not like it's just a reaction or just a spur in the moment type of thing it's actually uh something that's with intent exactly so the capacity to make conscious decisions is one of those capacities which are human. Um, a lot of animals um, make instinctive um, decisions. Um, the conscious thinking is, is a decision that's logical or uh, and also could be emotional, but when it's conscious, it's a sort of um, guided emotion, if you will. Um, a conscious decision is the one that allows us to make short-term, medium-term, or long-term uh, decision based on what you said, consequential, consequential thinking, right? So in other words, I'm fully responsible for 
uh, what I'm doing because I'm aware about what I'm doing and why we, why I take that decision. I think that's the key word, awareness. It's not just a, re a reaction or reflex, uh, reflex rather. It's, it's really you are planning and conscious and aware that this is the action I need to do. And I think to your point, that's what makes us different. <laughs> and we're not, you know, in the animalistic, you know, uh, world. I mean, we're, all, we're humans, right? That yes. Elevate us in terms of, you know, I guess the aptitude. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you said something that was very wise earlier. And you said, unfortunately, we use a lot of dysfunctional thinking, which is at the opposite of functional thinking. Uh, and that's not conscious thinking, is it? No. Well, it is, in a way, right? I mean, because some people, it's it's a matter of belief, right? You're, it's dysfunctional, but you still believe in it. It's just that your reality is wrong. Exactly. So it's 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 conscious thinking, without it being really lucid thinking, without being fact based, right? And very often, this sort of, and people can swear it's conscious thinking, right? It's actually a subconscious kind of thinking, right? So what would be your definition of subconscious thinking? Well, you know, now we go deep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny because uh, like, uh, like hypnosis, right? I mean, I've, I've, I've tried hypnosis personally and I've challenged it and I've tested it and now it works. And, you know, we always, I give the, the, the example of uh, road hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Everybody's experienced that, which is basically you're, you're driving, you're talking, and before you know it, you, you get to your destination uh, because you've memorized that, that road, whatever, that's an example. But then subconsciously, sometimes, you know, you're thinking about something, I'm talking to you, and I might just state a word that I was thinking about that I didn't even intend to say because my mind was already in that realm. Uh, and so those are some of the, the ways I, I can pretty much define them obviously you're the expert so <laughs> <laughs> yes i try <laughs> no no this is good so um the the dif big difference between conscious thinking where i am aware of my thinking and why i'm doing something uh is that subconscious thinking in during uh the subconscious um process of thinking we are aware what we are doing, but we are not aware why. And, and that's why they call it subconscious, under the conscious uh, level. Um, and this is because uh, subconscious thinking is based a lot on our past experiences and like you said, personal beliefs. Um, so they are not necessarily related to reality, the reality of the day, if you will, uh, and at the same time, uh, they are the kind of thinking uh, that I think it's right because I've seen it before. And I think that because it happened, um, it is also applicable today. Um, so this is a, a, a big dissection between reality and uh, which is objective in nature and and past experiences, which are definitely subjective in nature, right? Um, so where do we learn subconscious thinking, right? We learn it from the experiences of the past, which have created a belief system, uh, which then guides us in terms of interpreting the reality based on that. So a good uh, example would be, let's say that my parents and my grandparents and my wife and everybody around me, um, when I say I want, uh, I want to shave, they give me a mirror, one of those carnival mirrors that make, makes me look four feet one. Um, even if I'm seven feet seven, it still makes me look four feet one. So when it comes to me, um, regardless of the reality which is, which is in me, I will perceive myself, that's the subconscious thinking, in terms of being four feet one. Um, if I come from an aggressive family, then I'm going to assume that uh, parents and really the world is going to be aggressive. 
if I am taught to function out of fear, I'm going to assume that that's the way to do it, um, whether the reality is such or not, right? Um, and that's the subconscious kind of thinking where uh, really our past experiences and our past beliefs uh, guide the way. Interestingly enough, about 65% of our decisions are based at the subconscious level. Isn't that interesting? It is, and I was gonna just you know, relate to marketing. The power of marketing, it's all suggestive and it's all geared to your subconscious. You see stuff over and over and over before you know it, you will do compulsive buy-in of things and or you would relate to something. Like a good example, we talk about, you know, diapers. We don't call them diapers, we call them pampers. <laughs> but, you know, because the power of the company's marketing over the years, we, we, we call Coke, Coke, you know, which is basically soda, right? You know? Right, right. But those are standard things. I mean, you t sometimes cigarettes, you know, Marlboros, because they just happen to be the first ones or the more. So those are some of the examples, you know, that you automatically would, would, would relate to in terms of subconsciously you react to it based on what you've been suggested over time. Over and time. Over time. I mean, it's, it's really just see it, see it, see it, see it, hear it, hear it. Before you know it, you just know, like, how do I even know that? But yeah, it's a little there, and now you react to it. I mean, again, yeah. that, that's, that's just one of the, the ways I can relate to it because yeah. it does impact people. And that's really why people are crazy. I mean, everything, people spend a lot of money on things that they might not even need. Yeah. Um, I might be guilty to some of them, <laughs> level myself. But that's because you see stuff. I mean, unless you really use active thinking and, and you're like, wait a minute, why do I need this? And you start rationally, you know, putting using some rational, you know, thinking there, it doesn't happen. You just react to it and that's it. Yeah. Subconscious is a big uh, comfort sort of thinking because, because it is the thought of the known, the, the thought of the familiar, right? Uh, let me take the old shoes because they look uh, raggedy and dusty and old, and at the same time, they're so comfortable. So that comfort level in thinking um, is the appealing part of it, right? The reflex aspect. I don't have to think so much. I'm just going to do it just because, right? So that because uh, can get us in, in, in a lot of trouble um, because it doesn't reflect to necessarily to the reality and then it creates um, what it's called a, a cognitive dissonance and a, a, a difference between the reality and, and, and us, right? Um, uh, it's a problem uh, and we need to be aware about that. So I have to ask myself when I do a conscious decision, uh, am I aware uh, what I'm doing now and why? And if that satisfies my answer, uh, then let me go for it. Um, and, and for me to be aware uh, um, of, the, of the thinking that I'm doing and the subsequent words and actions, and the why I have to use consequential thinking. Uh, you and I, I think, are old enough to remember the uh, video tape, right? <laughs> All right. So the whole idea with consequential thinking is to use that analogy, play the tape until the end before you decide to buy the movie or not, right? We also call that proactive thinking. Let me let me think about it uh, before I'm actually doing it. Let me look at the pros and cons. Uh, to use your example, the marketers do not want that under any circumstance. They want instant uh, instinct and instant buying, um, uh, right? Based on, like you said, the alluring um, um, analogies and visual and auditory and, and conceptual messages there, right? Where house is home and so forth. Um, so I need to think proactively. Yes, go on. No, so we see that in the fitness world too. I mean, or or there are some modalities that that almost like you're fit. You got to look this way. Yeah, which, yes, that is true. That's not how humans technically look, <laughs> but but that's how we are perceiving it to be. You know, the ideal look, and that's because it's been suggested over time uh, that you know there is a certain look to be a, ma a male. There's a certain look to be a female. And, uh, you know, and that's it. So there's no in between. But right. is it the truth? No. That's really how we all see it subconsciously. Like, you know, oh, that's what I want to be. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. You know, so. Yeah. And one sooner or later, one will have to think consciously about 
his or her decisions because uh, there will be there will be a, a, a price to pay for it. Um, I cannot tell you how often when I was working uh, as a therapist in group and in individual counseling, I had people who, who went to prison and then they were released and part of their uh, parole stipulations were to attend um, anger management and or substance abuse counseling. And that's where, where I was at one of these uh, outpatient agencies. I cannot tell you how often this individual said, man, if I had played the tape before doing an action, uh, I wouldn't have ended up in prison. Um, and a lot of them said, guess what? Once I was in prison, I had to play the tape, but it was too late. I was playing it uh, now, um, not proactively, um, but retroactively, and at what cost in time and money and lives and so forth. So if a decision is important, my suggestion would be for the individual to, to think, um, let me be aware of what I'm doing and why I'm doing. And if it sums up to being a good idea, then let me go for it. Um, that means I have thought this thing through proactively. Um, if not, if I'm going by the subconscious thinking, by instinct buying or acting or reacting really, then I'm going to have to come to reality and, and, and with a big price. So I can make that switch from being subconscious in thinking uh, to being conscious, um, either before, during, or after an action <laughs> uh, with different outcomes, isn't it? Um, because if I'm in the subconscious mode, I know what I want, but I don't know why. Um, and, and that's a problem. So the, the third kind of, of thinking is the unconscious kind of thinking. So what would be your uh, definition of unconscious thinking? It's reactive. Uh, I mean, there's no, I'm not even thinking. I just like, I see something, I just buy it. Or I see something, I just do it. Yeah. You know, no, yes. no consequences. You know, you don't think about the outcome, the cost or whatever. You just, you just behave, uh, I guess, by impulse. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm close, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, good. So uh, there is a fine division uh, between subconscious thinking and unconscious thinking. So if in the subconscious thinking, I'm aware about what I'm doing, but not why, in the unconscious thinking, I'm neither aware of what I'm doing, nor why. So um, this is how we are when we are sleepwalking. This is when we are, when do, yeah, yeah, go, uh, go on. No, I just said intoxicated. Intoxicated, excellent, blacking out, crimes of passion. Um, uh, and, and it's the autopilot mode, uh, like you said, um, where we are unaware of the decisions and we cannot explain why we made them. When somebody is asleep, is is unconscious. When somebody is an induced coma, is unconscious. So, one can be supposedly moving and kicking and screaming and still be unconscious uh, as when when it comes to uh, not being able what why one is doing something and and being even un, uh, unaware of that decision. So, this is also a state of mind. Um, this is also a state of mind. Um, a lot of people who suffer for, uh, from, for, from post-traumatic stress disorder um, gravitate between the subconscious and the unconscious thinking. And it takes a lot of therapy for individuals to, again, move to the ultimate goal, which is the conscious thinking um, by addressing the conflicts within uh, which block the individual at the logical level and either make him um, um, freeze, um, become aggressive, uh, fight, or, or evade reality. Uh, we could call that take flight, in one, either internally or externally, right? So these two uh, kinds of thinking, the subconscious and the unconscious is, is where we need to really go into the processing mode 
and and heal from them because uh, short of functional uh, aspects of it like when we are asleep we don't want to be conscious right <laughs> we want to be unconscious um and or when we write something uh, a novel or revisit memories right where we can go into the subconscious because that's where our memories are and emotions and such um in reality when it comes to legally bound decisions we need to think from a conscious perspective right yep. um right the last one which is not very well um known or accepted and not that that denial of it makes any difference <laughs> and at the same time it is part of the of the human beings way of of fighting with god is denying that there is a supra conscious kind of thinking right so if i say supra conscious thinking what would you think that that could mean which means beyond us beyond us uh, it literally means above us right supra is above us consciousness subconscious is under us right unconscious means no conscious at all so the supra conscious you're absolutely correct um is when we act think out of inspiration right so the word inspiration means what uh, me being in the spirit inspiration we have contact with the higher power or consciousness or creator in the universe um to whom we have opened up and who is communicating to us so in the supra conscious mode we are not aware we take decisions but we are aware why we take them so you hear stories like yeah, i'm sure you went through that uh, as, and, and when you are in martial arts you have to go through this at some point anybody who's involved into any sort of work including mathematics and physics not just the 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 more flimsy forms of writing poetry and and um, and novels right at some point when people open up to what is it out there if you will inspiration comes to them and they can write down things and they can find out solutions and formulas which are strictly scientific if you will and they have no idea how it came to them so again we are not aware what happens to us but we are aware why does that ring a bell okay it does it's funny because we had that conversation last time <laughs> and and it is true i mean you know people always relate that i I owe it to me. I did this. It, I, I came up with it. But then no one's asking the question, well, how did you come up with it? It just happened. You get an idea. Where did you get the idea from? I mean, it has to be some sort of a, uh, a package delivered. <laughs> it's like the Matrix, right? <laughs> you yeah. get, it's, I mean, it's, uh, well, I did say, by the way, if you're watching and listening, I did say this is going to get deep. So we're talking a little bit of, of, a, of an angle that maybe people may have a little bit hard time understanding or at least, you know, comprehending. But, but, First of all, whether you have religion or not, I mean, there are facts that, that are beyond all that. And, uh, you know, in the world of spirituality, regardless of religion, it's very common. And uh, it, is, it is a fact. If someone reflects, and I, I've, I use this, this exercise myself, I think about, like, you know, how did I even come up with that idea? That's the thing. We don't ask the question. And you're just like, oh, I, I got this. Eureka, right? But that Eureka ha moment happened somehow. But what was the trigger for it? Where did you get that? Did you see it somewhere a year ago, whatever? Did you think about something? Did you try to come up? Of course, you learn processes over the years. You know, you're a mathematician, you learn the basics, you become good at it, and then you go to the next one. And through trials and, and testing and stuff, you might be able to come up with some new stuff. But when we're talking about 100 years ago, a few hundred years back, well, they didn't have the tools that we have today. Or, and, and they created the basis of what we use today. How did they come up with those things? By coincidence, I tend, I tend to believe there's no coincidence. Everything happens for a reason, in a due time, and it is just the way the world works. And, and there are powers that are beyond our understanding. We can call them anything. We can call them, you know, spirits. We can call them, <laughs> call them you know, uh, in every culture, there's some sort of a, an actual language for them or at least a word or, or description for them. But that's how I see it. And, and, and to your point, it's funny because we had a nice little discussion about this. And it gets deep. So go ahead, Gabriel, give us more. Yes, 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 yes. So thank you. So um, 
in fact, let's just use the word universe. It means what? Uni means one and verse means the verse of the poem. So if it is, if the universe is one verse, to use that um, etymology, that it means that there is an immense knowledge, wisdom, and we are pretty much privy to it when we open up to it, just like, if you will, the drops of water are privy to the water, to the waves of the ocean, if they if they open up to it, if they are part of it, um, and and that is what the supra conscious is. Um, people say, well, how do I get there? Well, uh, first of all, let me clarify. If I want to get into the supra conscious out of love then I'm going to be on that frequency. If you remember our analogy, the FMAM uh, frequency, right? Sure. The, love, the love frequency is going to uh, lead me to the love-based stations. Uh, the fear and which triggers anger frequency, yes, it is going to, 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 to get me to the supraconscious. It's going to be at the fear-based level, anger-based level. Um, um, knowledge. Um, so let me let me decide what I want. Do I want creative energy or do I want destructive energy? Because that's what I'm going to get when I open up. So there are different ways to get into this extra or supra conscious and people have used prayers, meditation, uh, sacred drugs or plants, um, psychedelic drugs, music, dance, poetry, writing, painting, you name it, sports, running, um, martial arts, um, any form of reflection uh, is going to open one up to that. Um, if we focus awareness of our minds and our bodies interactions with ourselves and with, with the world uh, uh, constantly, right? Um, the creative energy would uh, would be the opposite of evil, right? So, uh, and in fact, if we flip the word evil, we come up with life, life to life and life to love, right? Yes, so it's pretty I, I enjoy the way you use these, the, the wording and in, in true English and grammatic space, <laughs> find them in a way that is like, you know, okay, so how many people have thought about that? Thank <laughs> well, you. <very> few. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so that's the creative force. The destructive one uh, is based on, on, on hate. Interestingly, uh, hate etymologically comes from ked, get, um, and it really means sorrow, grief. So um, if somebody hates, that person is also sad. That's, an that's a very important factor to, 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 to uh, consider one is not hateful when he or she is happy. One has to be sad uh, before he or she becomes angry uh, and, and hateful. Um, anger is a secondary emotion to fear. And um, I don't know if you remember the grieving stages, right? The first there is the pain, then there is the trauma. Trauma leads to shock. Shock leads to denial, denial to fear fear to anger, anger leads to trying to make a compromise. And eventually, uh, if one can use uh, forgiveness, and that's a big one because you and I spoke about it last time, forgiveness is anti-ego, <laughs> uh, then eventually he or she can, can close those open wounds of resentment and turn them into scars where it doesn't hurt. They are there, but it doesn't hurt. In other words, one can find serenity. Uh, what do you think? It takes will, and um, it's not easy, and it's not for everyone. That's the other thing. I mean, everyone can achieve it, but it's just a matter of applying. Applying, yeah. It's a matter of what's important to me, right? Uh, do I want to feel at peace, um, or do I want to be right? Um, one wants to be right and at peace. And that is obviously what we would call a win-win situation. Uh, in situations, however, where the, the being right part is, is impossible, either because it happened in the past 
or it's something that may happen in the future, like the outcome of a terminal disease or something, um, one has to decide, you know, let me focus on what I still have and what is still good in my life, or let me focus at what is it that I want to achieve. Um, if it's realistic, go for it, uh, by all means. Uh, if it is not realistic anymore, then, um, then one needs to find in themselves the desire to put the ego secondary to the heart, for lack of a better analogy. Uh, it's a choice, like you said. Yeah, it's a choice. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Gabriel, if we, we go back a couple steps back, one is the analogy that we talked about FM and AM. I think, I think it'd be nice to, to clarify that for the folks. <laughs> yes. So, so, so let's talk about that. And then we'll talk about, we'll talk about universe and maybe we'll talk about the energy. You know, so yes. Concept. So, uh, very good. So both the FM and the AM frequencies are frequencies, which means they are an electromagnetic field. Uh, the same goes for the thinking process. The process of thinking is not a physical one. It's an electromagnetic one. Uh, and as such, it has different levels of frequency. Um, which we have the choice usually of tapping into um, based on what is it that we choose to do. Uh, some people decide to consciously go one way, other people decide to subconsciously go the other way uh, or unconsciously go the other way. And some people, what we call the enlightened ones, go, go, go choose one frequency over the other based on inspiration, right? The supraconscious, um, so the prophets and such, right? Um, so, I cannot uh, find love if I am hateful, distrustful, or indifferent. I just cannot. It's, it's, even if love finds me, I'm not going to recognize it because um, I'm not at that frequency of love where I can uh, recognize love. And vice versa, if, if, if I want to love and I'm at the love level, when, even when, uh, hatred comes my way, I'm not going to recognize it in terms of um, paying attention to it. Yes, it's going to be there. Yes, I'm going to observe it. At the same time, I'm not going to recognize it. In counseling, there is a big distinction between approving and accepting. We assume that I have to accept only that which I approve. And, and that's because of my ego, <laughs> Yeah, well, wanting to be right. In reality, I can certainly accept the reality without approving it. Um, if I detach from my ego and I say, well, what are the facts? What are those which are not part of what I think should be? Uh, and so uh, it's important to understand that distinction that I am sowing what I'm going to read. Um, I cannot have it both ways. I really cannot. Um, and, and that's very important. So thank you. Hurricane for bringing that FMAM analogy into discussion again. Yeah, no, no, it was it's 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 a it's a cool thing because again we're talking about frequencies and energies, and you know we we do actually, I, I in my personal life I always try to go on the positive vibe or positive energy, and but you do have the opposites, right? You have people that are too positive that it's so contagious, and mm -hmm. you feel that that vibe when you're around them, you know, you can get that excitement. So so that energy field is real. Uh, as as much as we might not pay attention to it, you know, physically, but it does exist. It, it projects. And you know, I uh, I had a different guest, and we talked about yawning, and yawning is contagious too. I mean, you start and everybody else starts laughing is the same thing. You laugh, everybody starts laughing, right? That's energy that's being you know transmitted, uh, and we don't pay attention to it in in this light. We just laugh about it. Oh, that's laughing. Now let's all laugh out, right? But it's right. It's been actually proven that it's it's medicine, for example, right? I mean, we can say it, it is a great medicine, right? Yes, yes. Really yes, and laughter is a phenomenal medicine. Why? Because especially it makes us laugh from the diaphragm. And when we laugh from the diaphragm, it infuses through the motion of the muscles, right? The, the, the belly laughter. It creates essentially shocks of oxygen within the body. So that's why laughter, like you said, is the best medicine because it oxygenates the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it oxygenates. It's, it's a unique concept, but it works. You know, and then when you're positive, 
it's contagious. And then on the flip side, to your point, there are people that are so negative and subconsciously, unconsciously, or, or actively conscious, they just yeah. have that, that, that super negative stuff, which in a religious world, we probably call it demonic or satanic. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, there is that energy as well. And it, they both can collide. It's, it's dangerous. Yes, yes. And they are there. And the beauty in, in conscious thinking is that I know what I'm thinking, talking and doing and why. And that's because I'm aware. A lot of people become aware by meditation, by focusing. Um, and, and the first question is really to ask myself, am I looking at the world as something to be afraid of? Or am I looking at the world as a beautiful opportunity? Uh, as an immigrant, when people come to the States with two suitcases and five years later, they have learned the language, they have found a job, they have started the saving money and so forth, it's because they look at America as an opportunity. Um, then we have individuals born in America and raised here who because of the generational learned helplessness um, mentality for one reason or another, they look at America as being a place of segregation, of um, hatred, of injustices. It's the same America, it's the same society. And as long as there are laws protecting the individual, provided that the individual is also responsible, uh, pretty much the same way, uh, then America is the same. It's objective, it's neutral, uh, until one gives it meaning. So this is an example, right? Why is it that so many immigrants come and within one generation they have homes, jobs, uh, when other individuals here wouldn't have to go to the process of learning a language, uh, customs and so forth, uh, they stagnate, right? It goes back to... Well, it's the opportunity, it's how you see the world, right? Cup half full, half empty, right? The mindset, you know, we can look at the same picture and just see two different things. And that's exactly what it is. When I, I can relate to that, I'm an immigrant and, um, you know, same thing. I mean, I had my dream and, you know, I, I worked towards my dream and in no time I was able to do it because I saw every opportunity. I still see opportunities. All right. And, and there are people that will take it for granted because they just, you know, that's not. Then, first of all, they haven't known different. That's the other thing. They just know this reality. And when you live in maybe in a different country and whether through war or through other type of, you know, concepts you know you you tend to to have a different outlook and also feel as well as respect for things you know as little as they are some people take those things for granted i mean you know people that live in a desert and they, they and, and on some sub, sub african countries for example with no light or electricity what the hell i mean they come in here like they will appreciate light right it's a simple example and it's sad because when sandy hit in new york and jersey a couple of years back you know, we've realized how how vulnerable we were as Americans in general because we are not used to not electricity and not having a fridge and a freezer. So stuff that is just basic, we were like literally like starving without, you know, right? we're dying out. And and that's really sometimes when you realize like, well, someone that actually didn't have all that stuff would appreciate it and can also survive it. That's the difference. They will they will adapt, they will persevere, and they'll be resilient. And someone who hasn't, oh my God, the world just crumbled. I mean, a generational analogy would be taking a phone from our kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my, my word. Yeah. You know, what yes. happened before those phones? What happened before internet? We did live. I mean, we, we had a good life, right? So yes. it's all a matter of perspective. So It's all a matter of perspective. You're absolutely correct. So the distinction in this regard, what makes me be able to recalibrate my thinking from subconscious or unconscious to the conscious or, or if you will, to even the supraconscious is meditation. So the saying is that when, when, when I, I pray is I'm communicating with God. When I meditate is I'm communicating with me. So uh, these are two important distinction, uh, this idea about awareness uh, of mind and body. Um, and I need to ask myself, uh, how I look at the world, then the question is, why am I looking at the world the way it is? Is it really my reality or is it uh, something that uh, I think um, 
are aspects of it which fit my experiences and my belief system and I'm going with that, whether it be positive or negative. Uh, if I like where I am, very good. If I don't like where I am, that's where I need to change my belief system uh, into looking at the world A as a gift, not as a given. Um, and, and in so doing, then I am communicating with those entities outside me, visible and invisible, physical or spiritual, a sense of gratitude because I am part of you, right? And, and, and in conjunction with my responsibility as an individual, my responsibilities and rights, in combination with a sense of gratitude for the greater things, um, then that's what's going to lead one to look at the life completely, uh, both with a sense of gratitude and a sense of responsibility and appreciation for his or her life. Uh, that would be my, my, my two cents on, on, on that perspective. What do you think? <laughs> that's more than two cents. <laughs> I think that's a lot more valuable than, than, than we can quantify. I mean, <laughs> and then some of this concept or some of these concepts that you've mentioned today, I mean, I think, you know, obviously it would take days, maybe a few books to actually even comprehend most of it. Uh, I mean, we try to make some light and give some, some analogies, but there's more to this. I mean, you know, we talked about, you mentioned universe and energy. I mean, from a physics, you know, and, and that's the other thing, like, you know, the connection between the spiritual world, the religion, the science, and we talked about that last time, is, is very intricate. And most people may not even put them together, but they can all collide, they can all, you know, coexist and, and, and complete one the other. And uh, yes, I have this joke, well, not a joke, I've, I've had this conversation many times about, you know, if you are a physicist, you know, or you're in physics, you would know one thing. Uh, that it's all about electrons and protons and atoms and stuff, right? But then if anyone have ever seen an atom, it's it's a bunch of space, it's 90% empty, it's just a couple of electrons floating around a proton, right? <laughs> so, so when you think about it, everything that is in this universe is made of electrons and protons, and so it's really 90% empty. So how do we even, you know, conceive material stuff? So that gets a long discussion, and we get deeper on that one, and then we go into the the science and the religion and, and we can lose people today <laughs> no actually you're right because you you ask a very pertinent question what's there which creates this and what's there which creates this is force energy uh, at the at the core of who we are as human beings uh is is vibration it's not the matter it's vibration Matter without vibration is dead matter. Um, matter, I mean, you can mummify, right? Lenin is mummified, Evita Peron is mummified, pharaohs are mummified, they are dead, right? Um, without the vibration of life, which then gives life to the matter, we are nothing. So that's the main core, really, um, of why we should be grateful for. It's a gift. Um, a day by day gift, if you will. Uh, that sense of understanding is 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 necessary to be grateful for everything in our lives. The starting point. I'm sorry. Go on. No, no. I was gonna say. I mean, some people would would consider philosophy, and, and and maybe debate it. Some people, you know, have denial ability on in terms of. You know, it, it was in the. It was so until the 1900s when quantum physics came about. And, um, and uh, it was proven scientifically uh, that the electromagnetic field uh, uh, not only is there just like electricity, it is also uh, an intelligent electromagnetic field. And on the top of it is also a loving, intelligent electromagnetic field, a creative one. So it's proven scientifically. At this point, ever since the 1900s, only if the skeptics, all they have to do is go into the quantum physics literature uh, and um, with the mathematical mind, the scientist mind, um, absolutely. Um, in fact, a lot of the Nobel Prize winners in what we call solid sciences uh, gave deference to this creative energy force, loving intelligence. Uh, the record is really, really, really long. Uh, and these are Nobel Prize um, winners in in sciences chemistry and physics and so forth mathematics so it is not i it's not anecdotal it's really scientifically proven 
this um, intelligent, um, um, creative, loving electromagnetic force of which we are part and to which we will be going when we expire, right? Well, um, it's yeah. funny you said that because we started the conversation about the mind and the conscious, the conscious, non-conscious, but you know, even the brain, I mean, technically we see it as matter, but it's all electrical signals. Our nervous system is, is all electrical stuff. And, you know, there's chemical reaction that converts into electrical signal. And then that's where the synapses and the message goes to your brain. And it's all fired up when you look at a, at a brain, you know, uh, it, it, an, electron, an electronic version of it. Like, you know, when you see all the, the synapses firing, you know, uh, electrical signal, I mean, it's pretty powerful. We are conducted, <laughs> you know, energy and electricity. And so, and thus physics, thus, you know, energy that is beyond. And so then we go into the spiritual world. And now we're talking about souls or the ghost in the machine. And then now how do you define that? And we can talk about computers <laughs> and, and link them back to that. I mean, it's, we could go crazy with this topic right now. I mean, I know we're coming about, you know, the end of the today's show, but we can certainly catch on on this for the next few uh, weeks. And uh, we, we, there, there's got to be some more interesting discussion, I think, about this. Yes, thank you. So, yeah, I would just uh, suggest um, The Power of Intention, uh, a book by Wayne Dyer. Uh, one can find his lectures on YouTube. Just type The Power of Intention, Wayne Dyer. And what he says there is that an intention is an intelligent tension. Um, and that says it all, really. What is my intelligent intention for today? Is it uh, to seek occasions to get offended? Is it uh, to seek occasions to be happy, in harmony, to be serene? Because based on that intelligent tension, I'm going to seek, find, and recognize the like of it. Uh, and I'm going to certainly um, not rec uh, accept without necessarily approving the opposite of it, for better or worse. Wow. All right. Well, listen, I mean, I've never heard that that broke the breakdown, <laughs> but really as simple as that. I'm telling you, like you're making it sound so sweet and easy, <laughs> which we, we can comprehend easily. <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, but, but it's deep stuff. I mean, it's really, you know, it gives you an opportunity to ponder and wonder and, and really think and reflect. And I think those are all key elements. And most of us, we kind of live our lives without doing that. Uh, we talked the last time you and I about wandering you know and, and pondering in, in this universe just looking at the universe how it all comes in play i mean you, you can't there's just so much power to it it's not even funny i mean we can talk hours and there are thousands of books and a million of books out there about all this uh and and it's it's pretty cool i mean as far as i know and i believe it, it's it's we owe it to ourselves to learn more about these things and at least dive in and and, and get into it you know whether we accept some of the facts or not but at least know I mean, knowledge is power, so I think that's important. And I think if there's a message from our shows is that we want to convey that to our audiences and hopefully they'll get some action from it. Exactly. And to use a quote, one of my favorite superb um, poets and philosophers, Rumi, Persian uh, poet Rumi, 1300s, he's, he wrote a, a, a poem and he ended with, why go through life like a dead fish in this ocean of love uh, created by God or universe. It's a choice. So we can be like the dead fish, dead fish, or we can be appreciative um, and, and grateful. The ocean of love is there, whether we uh, uh, accept it, approve it, uh, or none of the above. Well, Gabriel, with those words of wisdom, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna close our, our show today. So. Uh, thank you for, for another yet exciting hour. Uh, look forward to the next one next week, Friday at 7 p.m. And then uh, we'll, we'll tell you when the next show will be. So, Gabriel, thank you for joining us today. Uh, for our listeners and, and audience watching, uh, thank you for uh, watching on the iHealth channel, listening on iHealth Radio. Uh, this has been the Garrison Hour. And so look forward for another a few hours, if not many, <laughs> and uh, a lot more deep. And uh, like I said, it's a journey. So take the journey, and it will be worth listening in, tuning in, and watching. That being said, Hurricane H here, and we will talk soon. Bye now. Thank you. Thank you.
Yeah. As always, trying to get some nice action. Nice